Morgan. Uh, Martin, do you want to pray for us? And then I will mute everyone after that, I think. Yeah, pray for Yes, Father, thank you for the beginning of uh, another week and uh, all that lies before us, the things that we're looking forward to and the uh, things that will just happen along the way. Um, so whatever our outlook is for this week, Lord, we know that you are with us and you are for us. And uh, we've got attentive ears and hearts now to hear more of what Adrian's going to share of uh, your Apostle James. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. It's great. Thank you, Martin. Let's mute everyone. As Martin's just finished off with, we'll get into the next bit of James. So we're going to go into James 5, 1 to 6. Uh, just so we know, we've basically got about eight left in terms of comment or commentary uh, on James. We'll then kind of reassess kind of how we're going to do devotions. I'm actually then going to be on holiday for a week, uh, but um, we'll still find a shape, I think, because I think it does us good to have a rhythm of connecting. Necessary have to always be a comment or commentary, it can be in different forms, which I think we'll discover. In terms of this, then, let's share the passage just to pre warn you. These verses are the hardest verses we're going to have looked at. Like so far, we've done some things and we thought, oh, James, you're pretty hard hitting. This one is the one where I read through the whole book. I thought, wow, that's hard. And I've just let it sit for a while. Uh, and my Emily actually helped me with my one word today, which we'll get to. But um, let's get up. So James 5 verses 1 to 6. And a final word to you, arrogant rich. Take some lessons in lament. You'll need buckets for the tears when the crash comes upon you. Your money is corrupt and your fine clothes stink. Your greedy luxuries are a cancer in your gut, destroying your life from within. You, th within. you thought you were piling up wealth. What you've piled up is judgment. All the workers you've exploited and cheated cry out for judgment. The groans of the workers you used and abused are a roar in the ears of the master avenger. You've looted the earth and lived it up. All you have to show for it is a fatter than usual corpse. In fact, what you've done is condemn and murder perfectly good persons who stand there and take it. As I said, pretty hard hitting. And I think as I read it, the, the first part, because we're human, what we tend to do is to think of other people and tend to think of um, like the super wealthy. I think, oh, yeah, look at what they've done. And there is an element of that. And I think there's this sober judgment that comes through this. But what I did as I read it is just thought, man, but what about me? Um, what does this mean for me? And what about the world that I live in? As to be honest, because we live in the UK, we live in uh, one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Uh, whether we feel that wealthy or not, we are in the top percentage in terms of the wealthiest in the world. And therefore, the word I want to use today uh, isn't one to bring condemnation, 
but rather I just think is one that we're just meant to live with that allows us to capture something more of God's heart and something more then of how we're meant to live. And that's the word is injustice. One word, injustice. You see, as you read this of how uh, James portrays like uh, the kind of a slap in the face for the wealthier who are just going out for it for all they've got, uh, it can leave us feeling unco- uncomfortable and uncomfortable because we know that, like I said, we are in like one of the wealthiest nations in the world. But in it, it's not in order to bring condemnation, but rather, I think, cause us to understand that actually when we look at the whole of the world, there's like this injustice that's there, that there's a way that the systems of the world are set up that cause some to benefit and others to lose out. And James wants to cause us as followers of Jesus to, to understand that and to understand that God cares about it. And that, as I said, it's not to bring condemnation, but I think to cause us to live with that sense of, all right, this is who God is, therefore this is who I'm to be. See, God cares about injustice. I think that comes through in all that James says. He says, God sees it. God hears it. And I think it's really important we look on it that God will act. But I think in terms of God isn't blind to injustice going on in the world. And God hears injustice going on in the world. You see, I wonder why, whether, why this letter of James brings so much comfort to the poorest, the most suffering in the world is they get to see that God sees them in their predicament and God hears them in their predicament. But it's also that God not only sees and hears, God also will act because he cares. That God acts now. Uh, and we're going to see in a moment of how God, I believe, is acting now. But God will act. And there's something that we don't tend to talk about lots because it's quite uncomfortable in terms of that final judgment. The one day God will put right every injustice and that God's desire is to do that. That God's desire throughout the world through one day will put to right every wrong. Uh, and Jesus has started that process, but one day everyone be, be held to account. And that isn't there to bring fear, but rather it's to bring reassurance and comfort that God is one who won't let injustice go unnoticed will bring like that to account Uh, and that's to bring comfort to those who are facing injustice i think it's to bring comfort also to us that god will act it isn't going to go unnoticed and that therefore it's meant to impact how we live you see we're to be there those therefore that are called to see injustice recognizing that god sees it we too are to see it. And I think James kind of like depicts some areas of injustice. And I want to pick up on one extra one as well. I think he picks up injustice in terms of exploitation of workers. You know, we don't have to dig kind of far to see that, uh, uh, whether it's in terms of anything that we're consuming often involves an exploitation of workers. And that isn't for us then to think oh no it's all me it's rather to say man the the system's wrong and it's not okay i think this moment that we're living in at the moment 
uh, in this point is that God's kind of highlighting and acting in terms of this injustice, in terms of racial injustice that's just gone on for like hundreds of years. And God hears the cries and he sees what's going on and says, enough. And there's this moment of like, come on, let's recognize the injustice that's going on here. You know, like for me, like uh, Vince won't mind me sharing this, that, that the story Vince shared the other Sunday in terms of him getting a promotion at work and someone saying, oh, it's because of the color of your skin. The reality is that Vince probably wouldn't have shared that story 18 months ago because you thought, I, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I should. Where suddenly there's this voice moment because God gives voice and says, no, that's unjust and it needs to be heard. And this moment now of saying, actually, racial injustice isn't okay and gives a permission to give voice to things is really important. And so we need to care about injustice, the exploitation of workers, racial injustice. I then also say that Peterson kind of picked on this of the environment, of how we've just taken advantage of the earth and exploited it. And, and that's something that's going on in the world at the moment. People are saying, actually, like climate change matters. Like what we do with the earth matters. James wants us to understand as believers that we're going to see that. This isn't like the, the, the fringy kind of people out there. No, no, it's going to be the heart of who we are. Because it's not only that we're to see injustice, it's also that we're called to care about it. You see, the beauty of following Jesus is that we recognize that he cares about people, cares about everyone, sees them as made in his image and is here to reveal his justice through the earth. That is here to fill this earth with his kingdom, which is his goodness, righteousness, mercy and justice. And as followers of his, we get to understand both how we see people and how we're here to now help this kingdom come in. But it's also recognizing that God also created this planet. He cares about it. Therefore, we have a good news that we have a God who cares about injustice, a God who cares about the suffering, who cares about the environment, uh, who cares about racial injustice. Therefore, this isn't a moment to stay silent. It's a moment to have voice and say, man, we've got good news about a God who longs to see these things change. But you see, the thing that I'm finding uncomfortable is that something, and this isn't me blaming anyone else, it's rather saying I grew up in it, just thinking that, no, my following of Jesus had something to do with how I lived individually and my eternal salvation. Rather than actually how I live as an individual is to be shaped in terms of bringing a voice of God's kingdom rule and reign into the world around me, which includes injustice. And I wonder if sometimes we've been silent as believers on this stuff, which has caused others to have to start to fill the gap. And I'm not wanting to comment against them. I think what they're doing is really right. But I wonder whether we as believers should have been louder than we have been. And that isn't to condemn us. It's rather to say, come on, it's time for us to find our voices. See, the thing that I'm finding is, man, I'm 40-something, 40 46 now is that I feel provoked by everyone who's like 25 and under. Because what we're finding is that that group of, uh, that age group are, are kind of coming, uh, growing up and saying, man, this isn't okay. 
we need to do something about this. And those that are followers of Jesus saying, surely as followers of Jesus, we're meant to have a voice in, in terms of climate change, in terms of work being exploited, in terms of racial injustice. Surely we're meant to be doing something. And I think for those of us who are older, it's to feel provoked, yes, but actually to encourage, to say, you're right, we need to be doing something, be supporting and saying, come on, do this. And I'll tell you the other thing that comes with age, and I've had to discover this, is, is wisdom, is that you have passion when you're younger, that like you can kick down walls. But if you're not careful, you kick down too many walls and the roof falls on your head. You need wisdom. And I wonder if for some of us it's that we need to kind of realize, man, that there's wisdom that we need to be giving at this point. It's that awakening. And I, I know I'm preaching to the converted of everyone on this screen. We know we care about injustice. Uh, I, I wonder if it's time to do something. And I recognize that we do things through four ways. One is we recognize, we don't get blind to it. Second is we pray. Let's never limit prayer. I think sometimes it can feel like, oh, no, no, that's a, that's a secondary thing. No, get to action. No, no, pray. It's so important. God hears our prayers. I think thirdly, then we act. We act through things we buy, the way we use our voice, and the dignity we show people. And I think just to do those three things, I think we start to kind of make a big difference. And then the fourth thing I think we're going to do as we care about injustice is to travel lightly. Because the danger with injustice is we see it and it feels overwhelming. When we're looking at world systems, we think, man, what can I do? And, and in it, I think what we have to remember is, no, what I can do is this small thing. What I need to trust in is a Jesus who is the saviour of the world. And he was the saviour when I could never. And so I think it's that we travel lightly. It isn't that we suddenly think, right, the weight of the world's injustice is on my shoulders to carry. No, it's not. It never was. We give it to Jesus. We travel light. So therefore, we continue. A few things to consider. Three things. Number one, what are the injustices I see in the world around me? I think sometimes it's just good to pause and just consider. Secondly, how can I pray more about them? Please let's not undermine the power of prayer. We're in this prayer series. We're going to see as James kind of ends the letter. He just keeps hammering. Prayer, pray, 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 pray. And then lastly, how will I live differently? Like, I think for me, I'm continuously thinking, okay, how does this shape my life differently? Not out of condemnation. It's not that. It's out of being freed up, live more in light of the life that Jesus has called me to do and the kingdom that I'm now part of. So there we go. That's it. Hard passage, but good, I think. Um, Charlie, as you're here, and I think I'd said on Monday, if, if you could pray for us, I wonder if you could unmute yourself and pray for us to end, and then I'll unmute everyone and we can say our hellos and goodbye. Sure, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> oh, Father God, thank you that you are God that um, cares passionately about injustice. Um, thank you that you're a God who sees. Thank you that you're a God who has stepped in um, in the form of Jesus to bring about 
um, ultimate justice. And thank you that that means as your people, we get to um, follow after you and um, treat people with the dignity that they deserve having been made in your image. Father, we find this um, such a challenge and can feel overwhelmed as we look at the world. I ask, would you help us by your spirit to um, travel lightly and to open our eyes and see what is around us, what we can do, how we can live differently, how we can um, bring things to you and pray more. Please, Father, would you help us to do that? Um, keep us from striving in our own strength, but also keep us from um, doing nothing. Lord. Ask this in your name. Amen.